What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And you know we are always here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Like you know, I like to go around this amazing planet, finding these amazing people to come on here and help us expand the way we think. And I found someone for you guys. Her name is Patty Dimaselli, and she's an author, a speaker, a life coach of end of life doula, a grief educator and coach, an inspirational entrepreneur. And she has created Tobias and Co, which is a company devoted to elevating others, offering hope and inspiration to be, um, you know, uh, to, to the, what is it? To the bereaved and the critically ill and sharing this unique creation of delight at the senses, soothe the soul, educate the mind, lift the spirit. Do you see where I'm going with this? This woman is amazing <laughs> is what we're talking about. Amazing. So um, I can go on and on because she's a beautiful bio, but you know, Patty, I am really, really um, happy that you're here with us. I, I love everything about you already. We've only spoke on a few minutes right before the call, but you have an amazing energy and I know you're going to bring a lot to the table. So this beautiful audience that I have is so, um, they're, they're just such an amazing audience because they love connecting with other humans, right? So I, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and big, you know, thought leaders and things like that, but they also really want to get to the heart of the matter. So thank you so much for being here, Patty. I really am grateful that you're here. You are so welcome. I'm so glad. So Patty, the way I like to start is always starting that question that nobody likes to answer is who is Patty? So Patty, who Ooh. are you? Wow. <laughs> that little, little question, hmm, right? Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> well, who am I? Gosh. Um, well, I'm, I'm almost 69. I'm 68 years. Oh, I'm very proud good, of girl. all those years. Thank <laughs> you. All those years I've lived, I've learned a hell of a lot. And uh, I am... Well, I am a, a light worker in this very dark world. Mm. I am proud to admit that I am an angel in a human cloak. So I, um, I burp and I fart like every human, but I'm also mm. an angel. And I know that I am. Uh, I'm here to share my daughter Amber's message of hope, heaven, and the miracle of life and death, because both are miracles. Um, I love serving humanity. Mm -hmm. I love taking my 68 plus years of, you know, hard, really hard learned lessons and doing what I can using the, the skills that the divine or God or the source gave me, the skills and tools and talents to create things, to educate others in a in a soft, kind, gentle way. Um, I love to play. I love to play. I, I'm a kid, really. I, I feel like I'm six, not 68, but I love to play. Love and that. I mean that literally. I love to float naked in water. So I love skinny dipping. That's fun. That's <laughs> um, fun. <laughs> yeah. So let's see what else. Um, I live here in Angelina, my tiny home. It's a 28 foot grand design fifth wheel that I tow with Larry, my wow. board uh, super duty, my F-250 Lariat, so I call him Larry. Um, I am surrounded by a circle, a beloved circle of angels. And it's a wide, beautiful circle. So I do nothing alone, nothing. Um, 
I was blessed to have, uh, you know, Toby, my son, Toby, um, in my life and his wife, Kimberly and their pups and, um, and also just have people love and care for me. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm good. I'm happy. Most of the time I do have my, you know, occasional pity parties and my times of anxiety and fear and uncertainty, like every human on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now in today's world, we all, you know, I can't imagine a human not feeling that. Um, so I have those times, but I also realize that, you know, um, much greater and bigger than Patty in the human body. So I try to tap into that other side, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I, I love the part about just floating in water naked. How freeing <laughs> that is. How yeah. freeing that is. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about uh, Amber, since you mentioned your daughter. Yep. Tell me, tell me about Amber. and. Um, you know, tell me about her life and what she brought to you. Yeah, gosh. Uh, well, um, I actually have had the profound um, gift of being able to see my own future. And I saw myself having Amber. I actually painted a picture of her before she was born. Um, I met her father in Connecticut and uh, fell in lust not love, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, so I, I had Amber, I really, really wanted her. And after she was born, um, I had this premonition that I would die before she was six. And mm-hmm. so what I did is I recorded her whole life, our life together so that she would know me after I died. Um, so I have home movies and, you know, journals and all kinds of things. So, um, when, so I left her father, he was very abusive. Um, and we were in Connecticut, Canton, Connecticut at the time, and he was beating me in the hallway. And I looked down at Amber at my side and she was like, in, she was terrorized. Yeah. And I saw myself because um, I was abused in the womb. I remember being in the womb. Um, I was abused my whole childhood and severely abused. And uh, I, I saw myself in her and I thought, oh, absolutely no way. So I left Michael and uh, Amber and I took a train from New York City to California. I was born and raised in California, um, L.A., the City Mm -hmm. of Angels at the Queen of Angels Hospital. Um, And so we went and the only place I could go was my parents. And they were very like they were both alcoholics and they were in you know, Amber and I were there and it was just like my childhood. Mm. So then, you know, I was homeless with Amber. Uh, I had gotten a little car and we lived in the car and um, it was just, uh, it was very difficult, but I did not want her to live the life I had. So then we ended up going from Pasadena to New York City, uh, took a train. I actually have a, a movie of it all. And we ended up in Grand oh. Central Station at, in, during rush hour. Oh, you came back? You mean you came back? I came back to the Mm -hmm. East Coast. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine invited me to stay. They had a property and they said, you can stay here, um, Jan and George. And so I stayed there and Amber and I I had a $10 bicycle that I bought at the Salvation Army. And so Amber and I lived in this two room apartment for $50 a week in Milford, Connecticut. And um, it was a beautiful life. It was a difficult life. And even during the winter, like I had a seat on the back of my bicycle for Amber 
and I would wrap her in in clothing and then of course blankets and you could just see her little eyeballs little eyes <laughs> it was almost like um like et on the back of my right. bicycle you know riding through the snow to work Aww. and dropping her off and wow you know the people wow. of Milford were amazing I tell you it was just an amazing experience and um so uh, again we found ourselves homeless and um I was I was desperate so I wrote to the editor of the Milford Citizen saying, I, I'm trying my best to get a job and support us. And, you know, I, I'll have to go back to California if I can't make it. And this woman, Sue Kelly, we called her Bambi. She had a room for rent for $25 a week. And she said, I would love to have you and Amber here. And so I got a job as a laborer in the laborers union. Oh. And that was one woman and 350 men mm-hmm. <laughs> on this big commercial teletrack job. And New Haven, Connecticut. And, uh, and then I was, I, so I made like $8 an hour, which was amazing. Amber and I lived there. And uh, that's where I began to learn how to grieve. And that even surviving the death of a child was mm. not only possible, but that you could find joy again. I didn't think I could. Um, Bambi had three sons die. And I remember looking at her and I had Amber and she was my world because I had no family. And, and there she was laughing, like, like belly laughing. And I remember thinking, oh my God, she's had three sons die. I mean, how, if Amber died, I, I, there's no way I could live. Um, but in August of 79, I was stroking Amber's hair, just putting her to sleep. Um, and I was stroking her hair and I, saw this huge lump that was about the size of a wall behind right ear and my first thought was oh my god cancer and I don't even know kids got cancer it was 1979 it was even before oncology or oncologist was in existence how old was she and she was three and a half oh wow yeah and and the first thought aside from oh my god it's cancer was I heard it's not you who will die it's amber Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I spent eight months um, traveling all over the state of Connecticut. I went to eight different doctors and I was, you know, desperate. I was like, are you sure yeah. this isn't cancer? Yeah. And they kept dismissing it. Um, but by the time they did, Yale, she fell, hit it on the fireplace and uh, doubled in size. I took her to the emergency room and they operated the next day. And it was um, stage three, uh, rhabdomyosarcoma wow. cancer. And so they were saying, you know, when they gave me the, um, the protocol, it was chemotherapy, surgery, and radiation. So um, during, at that time, cancer was very political, and it may have mellowed since then, but um, they were actually taking children away from parents who did not give them chemotherapy and wow. making wards of the court. And it was in the newspaper. So what I decided to do after Amber got the surgery is um, I, I, she, they um, dissected it, they removed it. And then I allowed them to give her um, radiation, but I was afraid to give them chemotherapy because of, you know, it was experimental. They were just experimenting on humans right. and mice. So I, after Amber was discharged from Yale New Haven, I took her to um, the New Haven register and basically begged the editor to, I don't know, is there, can you just let me know, can, can, can we do a public plea? Is there any other cancer therapies out there? Because that was before 
personal computers. Mm-hmm. And um, so they put it on the front page and it went around the world. The Associated Press picked up on it. And, and then I started getting telegrams and phone calls and documented everything because I was trying to sort through the right thing to do. Right. And then I learned about immunotherapy. And at that time, it was not practiced in the U.S. Dr. Lawrence Burton, one of the founders, really, uh, he was practicing immunotherapy in St. Vincent's Hospital in New York. And I'm not sure of the exact background of it, but they basically, they, meaning the powers that be at the time, said, you can't do this in the U.S. And so in order for him to practice immunotherapy, they sort of banished him to uh, Freeport, Grand Bahama. So because I was in the media with Amber, we were in the news and all over the papers, um, I had to sneak out of the country to give her immunotherapy. And uh, an angel, uh, Mrs. Newington in Greenwich, Connecticut, gave us the funds and doc- to live there because there, there wasn't a hospital there. You just had to live in an apartment and then go to the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Dr. Burton agreed to treat Amber at no cost, which was amazing. It was very mm-hmm. expensive. So two weeks after we arrived in um, May of 1980, uh, he was on 60 Minutes and that Monday morning, on Sunday, that Monday morning, there were people lined up around the clinic, like in air, they, you know, ambulances, and and so I started working, uh, pulling, pulling or you know, drawing Amber's blood because the therapy involved drawing her blood three times a day, wow. and then from the from the uh, they measured the protein fractions that are part of the immune system, and then an hour later they would give us three or four syringes that had to be refrigerated and I would inject amber with the, the levels of protein fractions that were not um, optimum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was, wow, incredible, the whole experience. And I actually started like drawing other people's blood. And then I had my $10 bicycle from, you know, the thrift shop with me, I, we shipped it to the Bahamas. Oh, wow. And I had had a little blood, (laughs) blood rack on the back and I would draw people's blood in the different hotels and then ride and, you know, label them on, ride them to the clinic and then pick up the shots and give them to Amber. Uh, Well, you know, I, I, other people would pick up the shots, but I would deliver the blood samples. And, um, and Amber actually, and I have photographs in her book. I don't call it my book. I embrace the angel, but I call it her book because mm-hmm. it's her. Um, I did type it, but that's, I did not write it. It came through me, but not from me. Um, so, but I do have photographs of all the stuff in the book. And, and one of the cool things we did in order to, husband number two, but he wasn't a husband at the time. But um, Gary actually came with Amber and I to the Bahamas. And he was very kind and really uh, helped us move through the cancer and the therapy but we had amber pull or draw gary's blood <laughs> she was only four and a half or four i was gonna say half. wait she's only yeah. like four yeah, yeah. <laughs> he drew gary's blood i mean he was the brave volunteer and then we oh would take gosh. grape juice as um to pretend it was the shots that she was getting and we she would inject her little stuffed animals right um, but yeah so she got tonsillitis shortly after and I do have photographs of the there was a they excised it she became bald um then there was 
the tumor started to grow again in the same place. Mm. Um, and then it flattened when we got to Dr. Burton's. Then she got tonsillitis and um, it started to grow again. And um, we had to find a, a surgeon here in the U.S. to help us um, debulk it is what they call it so that whatever was left could be um, you know, reduced by the immunotherapy. But because mm -hmm. we were in the media and uh, we were, you know, kind of untouchable or hot or, you know, uh, there's a lot of politics. We couldn't find a surgeon to help us. And so Bernie so Siegel, sad. who, mm -hmm. what an amazing man. Uh, we're still friends after 40 plus years. Um, so Bernie said, you know, I will take Amber and treat her as my own. And he, we came back to the U.S. and he admitted her to St. Raphael's in New Haven, St. Raphael's Hospital. He assembled a team of surgeons and they tried to save her life. Um, by that time, it was quite big. So it was, you know, it was on the outside and the mm. inside of her head. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, he, we couldn't save her life. And I was down in the um, chapel of St. Raphael's and I heard you know, let Amber come home, let her come to me. And so she was getting some tests in um, when they were still working on trying to save her life. And I was in the gift shop trying to find something to soothe her when she finished. And this is the coolest thing ever. So I'm standing in line and I hear turn around. And so I turned around and there was a big rack of keys and so this is one of the keys. And so I heard, give this to Amber and tell her it's the key to heaven mm. so that when she's dying, she can open the golden gate. Wow. And so because of this key, which I hold in my hands now, it's my physical link to Amber. Um, she held it when she thought she was dying. Um, she wanted to die at home. She chose the clothes she wanted to die in, her school clothes. Um, the, wow. Just before midnight on my 27th birthday, Gary and I uh, and Amber, we sang happy birthday to me because I didn't even know it was my 27th birthday. Uh, and then she slipped into a coma. We brought her down to the, the sofa and I just told her everything I wanted her to know. You know, I actually have a, a recording, an audio recording of everything, and it's transcribed for her book. And when I was telling her how much I loved her, and I'm like, you have the best buns in town, and thank you so much for showing me what love is, and uh, she was laying on her back, and I saw tears start to come down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's crying. And so I so wiped her tears away, and then a whole lot of it, like a flood of tears started coming down. And what I realized is, even though she was not afraid to die, she was afraid to leave me behind. Leave you, yeah. Yeah. And she was yeah. little, right? How old was she at yeah, this time? Four and a half at the time. Four and yeah. a half. She was a peanut. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But this is the coolest thing, Nina. And I know you know this because you teach kids cooking and you, you are yeah. so like totally aligned with children. So children and the elderly, if they learn and don't become bitter, and our fur babies, they're the wise ones here on earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those of us in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're like struggling mm-hmm. in the rat race and I need this and I want this. But the children are so wise. So I have to share with you a couple of beautiful things. Like I trans, well, I have cataloged in storage Amber's whole life, but especially the last month that she was alive because she said so many wise things. <laughs> Two of the things that really stand out is um, I, when you know we brought her home to die, she was in front of the pot fireplace and I heard her say something. I was passing through the room to put some clean clothes away and I heard her say, so I went over like, Amber, what did you say? And she was annoyed because she had to repeat herself. She's <laughs> like, I said, I know I'm here to help a lot of people. And I was like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> That's deep. Amazing. Yeah. But the other thing, and it was the best gift I've ever been given, is she said, I, it was out of the blue. She said, Mom, I know when I die, I'll still be Amber. I'll just be different. Wow. And so I know. And so she basically wow. told me what happens to us when our bodies die. We do not go away. Yeah. We, we change. Right. So this is the coolest That's powerful. Thing. Yeah. So as I'm telling her and, you know, she's, I'm wiping her tears. When I said the words, go now, Amber, be with God, be with God, Amber. She stopped breathing and my body, I physically, my body, I physically felt her leave her body and pass through me through you the light mm-hmm. my body was like tingling like when you get the chills or mm-hmm. goosebumps, like times a thousand mm-hmm. and I felt absolute light and peace and glory and love like I've never ever felt then or since wow and all I could say was thank you God thank you thank you thank you um and because I experienced this miracle this physical miracle and I documented it I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you documented it yes I and I didn't know why I kept a journal and all the other stuff but now it's 41 it'll be 42 years next month but all these years I've been able to take this miracle that I was blessed with and with as much humility as possible just try to share it with others so that those that are in grief deep grief mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and grief grief's got all kinds of faces and losses it's not just the death of a loved one but lots of death and lots of grief and loss lots of losses so i know why i'm here i know my life task is to elevate others and share amber's message mm-hmm. um because she was my greatest teacher and so she sure i don't like see it, it as a bad thing I see it as a miracle for me and for all of us. It's a gift. It was oh a gift, gosh. right? Having having a beautiful life like that be a part of your life, being for you, chosen for you, right? So it Amazing. is a be- beautiful gift. So was was it at that moment that you you knew what you were going to use your life for, or did that come later on when you started to align yourself with what your calling was? 
Well, oh gosh, um, I I knew for sure I had to document everything, everything, yeah. film, audio, journal, lots of stuff. I didn't know why. I did not know why. And for the first chunk of time, I was still feeling the glory and the beauty and the power and the peace. And I was also feeling, which I denied at the time, incredible rage at yes the society. I mean, the chemical companies, the cancer industry. You know, and so I would like to do these protests around the White House. And, um, you know, I would show photographs of Amber just before she died with her huge bloody tumor and, you know, her dead in the back of my car because we couldn't find someone to pronounce her dead. So I had to drive her body to St. Raphael's. You know, I was like, but I didn't, I would not have, I did not admit that I was enraged. Right. Um, but I was. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, it's part and, of grief. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that was really tough um, many times. But, you know, I did advocate for folks and still do that are touched by cancer. And there's, I don't know, maybe billions at this point. Um, so I interviewed like Vincent DeVita, the head of the National Cancer Institute, um, mm. for a couple of hours. I have a recording of that. But anyway, so I did a lot of advocate work um, to sort of channel my grief. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know exactly how or why. Um, I wrote the first edition of Embrace the Angel in 1996, but it was basically, I took all of my, what I call brain books. So they're like um, small pocket, you know, weekly uh, mm-hmm. day runners and just documented it. So it was very, um, I did this, she said this, I went here, you know. But then in 2011, I actually wrote the second edition and it was the first time that I'd actually lived through and experience the everything of amber mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah wow wow so now um well amber thank you so much for your life lessons because we're still learning them today so yeah. thank you for that um and so if we can fast forward a little bit sure. now you're taking all of this amazing um all these amazing experiences you're doing a lot of beautiful things. And I know one of them that I touched on a little bit was that Tobias and company, which I think you do a lot of like uh, products, right? Like pillows and products and things like that, that show people, um, you know, that you care about them to educate them, to soothe them. Right. Is that, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Or tell us a little bit about that. And I also want to touch on your, you know, your grief education and coaching and all of that as well. Yeah, so um, Tobias and Company, my son's name is Toby, Tobias. Um, Gary and I have Toby. And so um, I started Tobias and Company, and I I was trying to figure out a way that I could elevate others, because I do love giving back. I feel like I've been given so much in life. So um, it's so cool. We have um, what we call our Be an Angel Comfort an Angel program or um, initiative and we donate so i have these silk scarves and ties and pillows covered in angels and inspirational quotes oh, nice. and we donate them to bereaved moms and dads and mm. critically ill and dying grieving children and so um it's, it's just an amazing thing it, it it's i it makes me well it's so heartfelt so um because of the key to heaven that I have that connects me physically with Amber, though she's here, she never left. Because of that tactile um, 
our senses, mm-hmm. when we lose a loved one, our senses are deprived. We don't see them. We don't hear them. We don't touch right. them. Right. And I believe it's the one element in the grief world that is neglected or maybe overlooked or not addressed. And so I realize how important that key is and the tactile part of it. So um, in 2018, I said, well, what if I could, so I just learned to paint silk, hand paint silk from Rebecca Pearson. And so I, I facilitate groups of bereaved parents, especially for the bereaved parents of the USA. Yeah, 2018, I was facilitating a group of newly bereaved parents and the moms, and I was noticing how they missed the physical part of their child. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, what if I could paint a silk scarf that like had like heavenly um, that looked like heaven and that I could put like inspirational quotes all around the edges so that they could literally physically feel their loved ones. And so that's what I did. I started painting, hand painting silk scarves and then my hand was becoming like a claw. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, sadly, there were so many bereaved moms. I couldn't keep I up. Know. So, yeah. So then I said, well, I take photographs in different places around the world. Well, what if I took photographs of angels um, as I travel and or traveled pre-COVID and then put them onto silk scarves and ties and pillows and then donated them. So that's what I did. And I started taking photographs wherever I went. And I found a a wonderful supplier in China um, and Sunny is my contact there. And, um, and so uh, I I, design, I am a graphic designer, so I put them on the silk and all the photographs. And then there's a special secret message in the center of the scarf from the divine. And then I put quotes on either end so that when moms, you know, were just wanting to feel their loved ones, they could feel the silk because silk is very much like human skin. Mm. And um, and so that's what I did. I have cream and I have black. And uh, then I did scar. Um, for the dads and then the coolest thing ever is I did the first embrace the angel silk satin pillows so 16 by 16 and I was collecting angel drawings from children from around the world Aww. and so I was desperate for angels so I would keep these little forms and I would ask the parents or the guardians of course explain I had them a business card I would explain the project and say this is what I'm doing and you know, if you'd love to contribute. So anyway, so I got 99 drawings of angels from kids around the world. And the very first one was done by Summer, an amazing artist. She became our logo. So the logo for Embrace the Angel, I have it here, um, is Summer's drawing of an angel. So that's our logo. Oh, I can see it. That's so cute. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, so it's special. really neat. I have that, yeah, on the side of my truck and stuff. Um, anyway, so we, we put uh, Summer's Angel right in the center, and then it's, it's like a yellowish color. And so that was our very first one. And so as I'm collecting drawings for this um, pillow, I was walking my dog Annie in Whitewaters Park, and I came upon Grace. She was nine years old at the time. And she, her and her two friends, and she's like, oh, can I take them back to my school and get their angels? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I went back to her car where her mom, Kristen, was, and I handed her a business card. I explained the project. And so she, Grace took it back to her school. And then two weeks later, I get this amazing 
amazing audio of Grace, who was nine at the time, as I said, talking about angels, like they're her very best friends. Like, Aww. you know, angels are everywhere. They're all around us. It, it's so cool. It's on our website. Um, That's adorable. And it's amazing. 45 seconds. It's worth a listen. So at the very end, she says, so I want to collect a hundred angels for sick kids around the world. And so four years later, she never gave up. She collected and she has gone around the world. So what we did, I said, Grace, what's your favorite color? And she said, sea foam green. And so I said, well, let's name the next pillow cover Grace's angels. And so um, a lot of, oh, I have a thing here. It's really cool. Oh, here it is. So this is it. So it's called Grace's Angels. And so oh, what nice. I, yeah, it's really cool. So there's all these really neat drawings that kids have made. And the kids themselves put these neat, like little phrases, like you can do it and be brave. And because they knew that right. they were going to be right. doing these angels for sick kids. And then I snuck some really cool words in between, you know, kind of like a Where's Waldo. And so we're just now starting to donate these to um, critically ill, not just children, but adults that love angels. Right. And, um, anyway. Tobias and Co. I love that. Tobias and Co. That's where you have to go to get this. That's amazing. And so, you know, I know we're getting towards the end, but just really quickly, if somebody wants to work with you, right? So they're listening to you and they're like, oh my gosh, she's speaking my language. Um, I know that you do. You're a life coach. I know that you are a grief educator and coach. You're end of life doula. So you're doing a lot. Um, so when somebody calls you, let's say for the life coaching or the grief education and coaching, is it is it just, um, are you just like helping them through the, the loss of someone? When you talk about grief, or are you talking about any moments in the life that have caused this person to have grief? You know, because people oh my gosh, grieve yeah. for different things. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I'll tell you. So Patty DiMaselli, um, it's just my name, pattydimaselli.com is the hub for my light work and my um, my coaching, my grief coaching, my doula mm. work and all everything. I mean, it's pretty Literally, I'm naked before the world. I mean, not not there. Right. <laughs> not She's there. not floating by, people. No. Don't worry. She's not floating by. <laughs> no, but I, I did make some wine, and my wine label does have me floating naked. So, oh, <laughs> but anyways, you're no there. Of course, you made um, wine. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah. So pattydimaselli.com is all uh, my coaching and my um, my doula work, and the, all the prices and everything are on there, and a lot of the presentations that I've given too. That's great. Um, and, and actually, what's one of the most amazing things is um, my, so on Tobias and Company, and it's all spelled out. So it's T-O-B-I-A-S-A-N-D, Company, C-O-M-P-A-N-Y. Um, so there's a love and learn collection. And what I decided to do after my last marriage, which was quite um, traumatic and uh, uh, I, I almost killed I was almost killed at that time as a malignant narcissist. Um, and I've been recovering and trying to survive and mm. healing for the last five years. But what was so healing for me is I thought to myself, what if I could design a t-shirt that would have the red flags of a narcissist on the back? 
So that if someone was standing in line behind someone at Trader Joe's or whatever, and they were like reading this thing, and they could see just in one page, the red flags. Yeah, so like I, I brought this here so you could see. So it's really, really cool. So I decided to do like the red flags of a narcissist. Oh, that's the back. Man, I know. Isn't that's that cool? So good. <laughs> yes. Front. You're going to break up a front. lot of relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the oh, that's so, so I decided funny. To take like the different issues and elements of who I am, what I've learned in the 60 plus years. And so I have read, that was the first one, red flags of a narcissist. And I put a little QR code thinking, well, maybe someone doesn't want to exactly like, so excuse me, where'd you get the shirt? So they just scan your phone. They go to And then I did grief. because You know, I became a grief educator through David Kessler. Um, He worked with Elizabeth and he's written some books that have been amazing. So I said, what better way to educate people about grief to put a t-shirt together? And so that's what I did. I had grief and and there's a beautiful like morph butterfly. And then the second, the third one I did was HSPs. So that's highly sensitive people. And it's based on Elaine Aaron's book because I'm one of those. And it's the same sort of concept of nice graphic on the front and then on the back. It's sort of a one page, you know, this is everything you need to know right now. And then I'm working on... um, yeah, I'm working on CPTSD. I noticed I was mm. watching your uh, guest. Um, I forgot her name. Elena? Her, no. Yeah, no, it was uh, uh, Karina. Yeah. Karina. Yes, mm-hmm. amazing woman. So, yes. yes, I have CPTSD I'm working on, empath, love, all the things I wish to God I'd learned in my 20s or teens. Um, so anyway, if you go to Tobias and Company and look at Love and Learn, and, and what I do is I donate 10% of um, all our profits go to an organization that serves that population. Um, like bereaved parents is the one I do with um, the grief one. So wow. it's a way of giving back. And yeah, it's, for me, powerful. it's such a beautiful thing. I love it. That is that is awesome. That is so powerful. And the way that you mm-hmm. have taken the uh, love and lessons from your kids and have implemented them in all of this yeah. blessing of others, right? Tobias being the name of the company for your son, you know, using yeah. all of the lessons you learned from Amber to educate all of us. I mean, it's just a, it's just such a beautiful gift you're leaving in the world here, Patty. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here with me today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Well, I have to make, give tribute to the angels, <laughs> my beloved circle of angels. So, yeah. But thank yeah. you so much. I really, really yeah. appreciate you, Nina. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I know that all of you who are listening are probably like, oh, this is such a good conversation. I know. I know, people. So you're going to have to really connect with Patty. And I'm going to make sure that I link all of Patty's information below and that you, you can grab her book and go to um, Tobias and Co. and all that great stuff because you know, it's just spreading some more love in the world and spreading some more compassion in the world and also giving you a couple of lessons along the way in your t-shirts. So you guys are going to get a whole bunch of patty. So guys, thank Thank you you. so much for being here and being a part of this show. I love you and appreciate you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best. Okay. I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register w-i-n-j-e-c-t 
Facebook.com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time.